Welcome to the Soul's Way podcast. This is your host, Emily Ann Brandt. I am a proud First Nations Mohawk author, speaker, and mentor here to meet you at the intersection of personal development and decolonization. I truly believe that when we see ourselves and one another, mind, body, emotion, and most of all, soul and spirit, we can break through systematic, ancestral, and generational ways of being that we came here to disrupt and rise above. We can lean into the ways that heal our spirits. I know we can do this through honest conversations, radical responsibility, and healing together in community. Through my stories and the incredible conversations with some truly amazing guests, my hope is that you leave each episode with a more open heart and that you feel emboldened in your medicine and your voice, knowing your ripple effect matters. Our ripple effect matters. Thank you for being here. Let's dive in. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Soul's Way podcast. Oh my goodness, it has been a minute, hasn't it? (laughs) I did not mean to take an accidental hiatus from the podcast. It just sort of happened. Many of you know I was moving. I just moved into our first home um, this month. No, last month, end of May, very end of May, we took possession. So May was very, very busy with packing and also starting at my new job. I got a new job, hence the move and the new home. So I got a new job with University of Waterloo and um, it's been busy. It was a really, really busy start. I've never gone into a job where it's so busy right off the bat. Like there was no time for even the onboarding training or basic health and safety training, no orientation, none of that because I joined right before Indigenous History Month. So of course there's lots to do around that and Pride Month and I'm working in um, inclusive communications for the Indigenous Relations Office. So I'm doing some comms work, similar to what I was doing before, just for a university now instead of a hospital. So the work itself is really, really fulfilling. I'm loving it. I'm loving my new colleagues and yeah, everything's been great. It's just been so, so, so busy. (laughs) So I was transitioning with my new role moving, packing. Now I'm in the middle of unpacking. I also injured my back um, and (laughs) haven't been very mobile. So my first priority in terms of the soul's way has been just taking care of existing clients. We finished up the Emboldened You program last month. That was so freaking emotional. (laughs) Such an incredible program. I'll talk a little bit more about it um, at the end of this episode. And then... um, Also wrapping up the bonus calls for the Decolonized Coach course, which it was a course when it first launched, and I promised at least three bonus Q&A calls. So we just wrapped up the last of those um, and all of our guest speakers, and now those will live on forever in the vault. And now that program is officially morphing into the Decolonized Coach community, which is a great segue into today's topic, which is personal development needs to get a tad less personal. And I want to stress the importance of community, which is not always emphasized as much as it needs to be. It is not always front and center of this world of personal development. I mean, hello, it's right there in the name, right? Personal development, self-help, self-care, personal power, individual mindset solutions 
to what is often collective or systemic issues. And just life in general, this world of personal development, which I, by the way, love, always have, always will, personal growth, the law of attraction, spirituality, being your best self. I've, I've always have and always will love this world, but we can't ignore how it, I should say and, not but, and we can't ignore how personal and individual responsibility is the heart, like that is front and center of this industry. That is literally what is used to get people to, you know, take personal responsibility for their life and everything, it's like founded on this idea that everything is up to you and you alone. And Sharin Eskandani, um, who's been on the podcast, who's been a guest speaker in, in the Decolonized Coach community, speaks really beautiful Uh, speaks really beautifully to this and how like this industry is literally founded on that you as the individual are responsible for everything you manifest into your life especially this world of the law of attraction and manifestation right it's all up to you 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 only you as the individual and it doesn't take into consideration outside factors or the need for community and connection right So, yes, we do all take responsibility for our own growth, absolutely, and we need to keep our own side of the street clean, as they say, Um, and there is such a thing as self-leadership. That is real. That is real. Self-leadership is important, and it is beautiful, Um, and the industry of personal development really pushes a, what I think is a toxic level of hyper-individualism. It's too much. It it pushes a narrative that everything in one's life is up to the individual and the individual only. And who is this narrative the most harmful for? It's for folks who are impacted daily by systemic and then interpersonal and then internalized oppression that are a result of centuries of colonialism, a.k.a white supremacy, and capitalism, right? It, it most, so let me just say that again. It's most impactful and harmful for those who are impacted daily by systemic oppression. And systemic oppression starts from ideological oppression, which is just like the overarching idea and thinking that one race of humans is superior to all others. Um, and that there's this clear caste system, there's this dominance, there's this hierarchy in our society that was created centuries ago by white men and is still in place today, centuries later, um, and very much showing up in this world of coaching and personal development and therapy and healing, all of these spaces, it's showing up because why wouldn't it? Unless we do the work to dismantle it and disconnect from it and unpack it and rework it, like, of course, it's going to be there. So that's the work that I do is, is unpacking that, dismantling it and rebuilding. Re- I'm on a mission to, like, make personal development and decolonization come together as one because I know that we can. But that's who it harms the most. Um, it blames us as individuals for literal systems of oppression that are actually outside of our control. So it's really, really unfair to say that um, 
because someone is systemically oppressed and like literally so many systems are rigged against them, like access to clean water or um, access to healthy food or good education or a fair paying wage or literally like where they can or cannot buy real estate or what banks they can or can't get a loan from or being able to get a loan in general, because yes, those things really do exist, um, to say that they just weren't thinking positively enough or believing in themselves enough is gaslighting, is harmful, very, very harmful. Um, And so that's why we don't, that's one of the main reasons and if you want a full list of the reasons, you can you can watch the Roundtable Masterclass, which is just jam-packed with reasons upon reasons upon reasons why folks of the global majority, which is another term for BIPOC, um, have not felt supported or seen or safe in these types of spaces. This is why so many coaching containers and spaces are all primarily white folks, because Of course, you wouldn't be affected by the ignoring of systemic issues if you're not actually affected by those issues, right? And and the whole industry of coaching is really created from, the coaching as an industry, not as the actual origins of the practice, as an industry is created from this white lens, this white male lens. And so um, it was literally started for like upper, middle to upper class white folks And so, of course, it has this lens that we need to unlearn and dismantle. So what happens when we place the strong emphasis on individuals um, being responsible for everything that they attract in their life, all of their success, is that it's, yeah, it's really harmful um, for folks who have things that are literally outside of their control and centuries and centuries of systems working against them and their ancestors. So that trauma that our ancestors have carried also shows up in our DNA too. Um, and Asha Frost and I have talked about this many times. I love when she speaks to it. And she says like, when you when you and your ancestors have been oppressed, you carry that trauma with you. It's in your bones, it's in your cells, that fear, that, that messaging that you don't have a right to take up space, um, that your land and your resources and everything are being taken from you, your voice, of course, that is that is carried with us, that intergenerational trauma and that ancestral trauma. And it exists in the present day too. I don't want anyone to get the idea that these things are all in the past because they are absolutely not. Um, it's 2023 at the time of this recording and my parents who live on a First Nations reserve in Canada are just this month like getting clean access to clean water. Like <laughs> their road is being digged up or dug up, they're finally getting the lines put in and whatever needs to be put in so they can get access to clean drinking water from their tap. But before this, up until 2023, in Canada, the world's largest water supply, we have not had clean, safe drinking water. We've always had to buy bottled water. So things like that um, are still happening present day. And then another thing Asha said to me that was like a huge aha for me was that when you have settler ancestry, like colonial, you know, European ancestry, which I do. I have both settler and indigenous ancestry. Um, It's Mohawk on my dad's side and then Algonquin and mixed settler ancestry on my mom's side. So when you have settler ancestry in your DNA, you already know how to take up space 
Because think about it, <laughs> your European ancestors came, took, sat on top of the power, um, you know, the hierarchy of power, even as women, like even though I know women were and still are very much oppressed by men, um, there is still so you're still so farther up on the the hierarchical chain that does did and does exist, and so that that entitlement, that sense of yeah, it's and it's not entitlement in like um, entitlement's not necessarily a bad thing, right? We should all have a healthy amount of entitlement that we get to take up space and create whatever we want. But folks with settler ancestry have a much more of that already built into their DNA. And now obviously as you go through your life, um, individual traumas and experiences and hardships, like these happen to everybody, absolutely. And of course, these are gonna also impact your ability to take up space and to thrive and to succeed and all of that. So I also... Um, want to stress the importance of coaches and leaders working through a trauma-informed lens as well. But when we when we bring race into the mix, which we always should be adding that lens, otherwise, if you're not adding a context around that lens and around anti-racism, as um, Trudy Le- Trudy LeBron, whose work I love, as she says, any any work that focuses on um, improving the lives of people that does not have a context around anti-racism. It's negligent. It's a negligent practice. So if you're not currently, if you're a coach or a leader, any sort of space holder in the world of personal development, and you're not currently doing any work around anti-racism or trauma, being trauma-informed, which is different, by the way, being trauma-informed does not replace doing anti-racism and decolonization work because they are different. Like, yes, of course, racism and colonialism causes very deep trauma Um, and there's still so many things that if especially if you have not had the lived experience of um, a person of the global majority right a BIPOC then you really 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 need to work to unlearn and learn certain phrases um, and certain words that might be harmful and um just persp- you just need perspective, 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 so that we can support each other in community, right? Which gets me back on track with my topic for today. Um, so can a better attitude and a positive mindset fix the fact that my family hasn't had clean drinking water until this year? No, like there's no way I could have just, I mean, I guess if I put all my energy in it, into it, I could have manifested it happening sooner, maybe. But I am, there's already been like the chief of our community has been advocating for us for clean water for years. People have been fighting and screaming for our rights for years, for centuries. Um, So is it just like, well, just think more positively, Emily. Like, do you see how that's problematic when I'm up against a literal system and years of oppression? Like it's going to take more than one person's mindset. Maybe if we all came together as a community to bring our minds together as one, which which is actually a Haudenosaunee um, and an indigenous practice is like making your minds one, coming together in community. It's so important. And we, we put our mindsets, we put our positive mindset together and we all took tangible action 
like that's the other part that gets left out of manifestation a lot is like you can't just sit around and think positive thoughts you also have to take action and when you're looking to do big big movements and big shifts like this and make real change in the world it always goes beyond the individual it's always more effective in community right but the same thing also goes I believe for personal healing and personal growth it's always so much more impactful in community for all of us not just for BIPOC folks Right. So, um, yes, a positive mindset always matters and it's always important. And we can't just put it all on the individual to overcome or accept inhumane and unjust societies with the use of, you know, positive affirmations and a can do spirit. Like it's just not going to work. And so that is a major reason why a lot of BIPOC folks don't feel supported, seen, or safe in this world of personal development that often bypasses very real systemic issues um, and ignores truths that do not heal by being ignored, just like any shadow work, right? So we know this as spiritual people who love to heal our wounds and our past traumas and transform ourselves. We know that we can't ignore our shadows. We know the importance of shadow work. So the way I see it is that decolonization and anti-racism This is our individual and collective shadow work that we all have to do to be our best selves and to be our best community, to grow and thrive as a community um, and create stronger bonds with each other and just more, you know, a world where we can truly all rise together. Like we can truly all thrive. Um, The second thing I want to say is that capitalism and colonialism has robbed from us all is connection and community. We all need community care, all of us. And we've all been robbed of that because of this, like the way our societies have been built based on these colonial values and this Eurocentric view that just decided it was the best way and the way and therefore um, a lot of BIPOC cultures and ways of being got completely um, trampled on and thrown out and literally outlawed um, and we're all harming, uh, we're all hurting as a result. And I don't believe it's like if you go, um, if you go way back in your lineage, right, even if you have European ancestry, like if I were to look at my Scottish ancestry or my Irish ancestry um, or my British ancestry and go way, 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 way back, it was always about community care. It was about oneness with each other, oneness with the land, oneness with God, creator, you know, God's creation. It was about oneness. And that got lost in... truly like man's desire for power is how this all happened. Um, So all of us are hurting. And I believe that that's why so many people are drawn to indigenous cultures and South Asian cultures and practices and African cultures and practices instead of their own. And this is why a lot of appropriation happens is because people are just craving that deeper, like clearly this current hyper go 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 hyper individualistic hustle and grind culture where we're disconnected from everyone 
and and creation and nature like it's not serving any of us it's not serving any of us and i don't want personal development and self-care and personal power to feed into that but currently it is doing that and i could rant on the capitalistic side of this industry too and how it's all about like which coach can grow to six you know 6k the fastest or then it's Uh, 6k six figures the fastest and then it's like six figure months and who can have the shiny car the fastest and the big house and the world travel and whatever that's also feeding into that hyper individualism whereas a lot of BIPOC folks we're very community oriented and us doing well means our we we can share with our community we can give back we're naturally giving people and I truly think that returning to that for all of us is gonna be what heals our spirits So as a side note, I want you to read the book Rest is Resistance by Tricia Hersey because she talks a lot about community care and the need to get rid of this toxic individualism. Um, Beautiful book. So that's just a side note. Go grab that book if you haven't yet. And I wanted to share that since tapping back into the power of community care, since remembering the fun and the power of collaborating with others, my business and my life has never felt more fulfilling, has never flowed more smoothly, and I've never felt so held and supported. It is wild. And a lot of this community has just been sort of magnetized to me as a result of me consistently sharing my values, what I'm about, um, what the community I'm creating is about, and just the support from you all that are listening and the people I've made friends with, the people I've become collaborators and colleagues with, it's just, it blows my mind every day. And I'm like, why did I get, why did I ever get trapped into thinking I have to go it all alone? Um, even when, and I want to say, even when I joined masterminds and group programs, even though you would think that creates a sense of community because it's a group, I often still felt like it was every person for themselves. I did. Like it felt a lot like, even though the coach would say things like, oh, celebrate each other, like someone else's success is your success. They're proof of what's possible. This is so inspiring, da, da, da. I think because this lens of, for me, for me, maybe it felt differently for the white, cis, hetero, women that were in the group and I am also cis hetero so and I'm also white presenting um but maybe just because it was missing that that lens and that context around decolonization and anti-racism I didn't fully feel like I could be my full self in those spaces and so then then it doesn't really feel like community it still feels like there's parts of me that I have to squash down. There's parts of me that I have to hold back. There's parts of me that I have to process on my own or in private or with a friend or a therapist, but not in these group settings. So that's another big part of my, like, that's, you know, the biggest part of my mission is helping people create spaces where the communities are actually so full of care and people can stop upholding the comfort of just white, especially in this industry, white, cis, skinny, able-bodied, heterosexual women and create real, rich, diverse communities where we can have brave conversations and we can talk about the layers of privilege and oppression and the real stuff 
you know, because it's only when we can actually talk about the real stuff that we are in a truly safe, supportive community, a brave community. So since doing all that and talking about these courageous topics, I've created real community. And even though you might look at my posts and be like, wow, that's so brave. It must be so scary to post those things. You must get a lot of hate. You must get a lot of trolls because I say, like, I don't say things to um, uphold and please the white gaze anymore, right? To, To keep white folks comfortable. I don't. And Actually, even though I did get some trolls, actually, the trolls are under control now because my friend gave me a tip, hot tip, to turn commenting off for people who aren't following me because it was only like random white dudes that weren't even following me that were commenting with all these troll comments. Since turning that off, I haven't had any issues, but like, yeah, I might get trolls. I might get nasty messages in my DMs or the comments, but I honestly feel I've never felt more supported and held and safe. And that's because I'm being my full authentic self and therefore creating a community that feels that they can do the same. And the best, most rewarding part of my work is just when my words help other people feel seen. Obviously, it's usually other indigenous folks or folks of the global majority who have also felt this way in spaces. Um, Anyway, back to everything being easier and better in community. So yeah, it's so important that we're creating communities that are truly inclusive and diverse. So including more than one gender, one sexuality, one race, one body type. We need to move beyond women's circles and sisterhoods, right? And make spaces where humans can come together in our wholeness, in our color, in our diversity, and bring all of our ancestors with us and have a party, right? Um, because there is, I feel like there is a lot of sisterhood circles and women's groups and like, that's only supportive for white, cis, hetero, able-bodied, skinny, attractive women, usually. And there's so much, like, the language is such a big thing and I'm going to do a whole episode, a whole training on language. Um, there's a huge, you know, module on it in my program, the Decolonized Coach course, which is now a community. But language is so, um, it's so powerful, right? And there's so much language out there that really speaks to like gender binary and heteronormative, um, heteronormativity and really makes a lot of folks feel excluded. And I have done things that I'm sure, like I've used the word sisterhood and sister circles and women and I've even recently like have used the word women by accident when referring to my group of coaches and we do have a couple of non-binary folks um and so and I just it was just like a slip because we are so conditioned we've been so conditioned to see the binary right that is something I'm unconditioning and unlearning and learning and like doing the work to to unlearn it um and then putting that work into action Um, But I want to say, like, I'm certainly not perfect and I'm right here with you. And I don't want you to feel like, like overwhelmed or like, I think a lot of people feel really afraid and overwhelmed because, and, you know, for one, like, yeah, they're scared of, they're scared of getting it wrong. There's just too much, there's too much room for potential mistakes that they don't even want to try to be more inclusive. Um, And they don't want to admit where they've gone wrong. 
And two, I think for a lot of women, especially the leaders at the top of this industry, and when I say at the top, I mean like the coaches with the most followers, the most money, the most influence, they're reaching the most people, they're teaching the most people. A lot of them are teaching other coaches. And what they're doing is working for them. They're making a lot of money. So why would they stop? Why would they see the need to branch out? Um, even though, of course, we think they should and I think they should because it's just the right thing to do. But I also think it would just be good business sense because those coaches that are currently sitting at the top, I don't think we're even going to, if they don't change their ways and bring in this context around anti-racism and decolonization, we're, no one's even going to know their names in like two to three years. Honestly, seriously, because it's not just those of us in the global majority who are demanding leaders that include us and support us and use their businesses for, yes, good business and social good. Like all of us are demanding leaders with integrity and leaders who have the same values as us, which is humanity, because we vote with our dollar. We all vote with our dollar. So I also want to challenge you to look at where are you voting with your dollar? Who are you supporting? What what are their values you might think you just joined for to learn about business and how that coach you're following does business, but look at their values and do they match the values you're trying to embody? That's what I would challenge you to look at, right? But I really hope that these coaches start to see like this is not just good, the good thing to do. It's good business sense because we're demanding these healthy humanity, like human-centric communities, right? Right? So I hope that we can bring more community care, less self-care. Oh, I want to sh- I want to actually end by sharing, um, well, no, I'm going to end by sharing my communities that you can join, but I also want to share before we wrap up um, something that I think it was Simone said on Simone Sewell on a free masterclass that she just did. She said, Self-care has become a triage for lack of community care. Self-care has become a triage for lack of community care. Uh, my friend Sheila pointed that out to me and she sent me the quote in a text after watching the class and I was like, yes, yes, that part stood out to me too. It's so true. Our, all this self-care that we need to do, it's only a result of our disconnection from community. It's only a result of not having community care where we're actually seen and held up and uplifted by others. And when we're at a 20, our community who's, you know, at an 80 can come in and support. Or at a 100 or at a 110 can say, hey, I have more to give today. What can I do? How can I support you? How can I uplift you? And this has been something so beautiful to witness in my community that I've, I'm still learning how to accept all of this support. I'm still learning how to receive it. It's been so beautiful. Like when I mentioned just how overwhelmed I was in May, I was so busy. Um, <laughs> I was just, I've never been that stressed or busy with work and then running my business at the same time and then moving at the same time. And I just shared like an Instagram story about how it's just like life is good and there's so much to be grateful for and so many exciting things happen. And like I was like, life is real lifey right now. (laughs) I'm having real human moments of stress and overwhelm. And I cannot tell you how many people reached out and they were like, what can I do? Like you're, you know, one of them was like, Toronto's not that far of a drive from me. Like I was living in Toronto at the time. Like, 
can I bring you something? Can I do something? Someone else reached out and offered me a free breath breathwork session. Somebody else reached out and offered me Reiki and I took it and actually have yet to have my Reiki session, but I did the breathwork session and it was incredible. And just so many DMs of what can I do? How can I uplift you? How can I help? Has just blown me away and reminds me that everyone needs this. We need this and we deserve this. There's no way I'd be here serving you, sharing this podcast episode with you, if I didn't have the support of you all that I have had in the past few months since I've started doing this work. It's seriously amazing. Um, So yes, community is so powerful and important. And I have some communities that you can join if you are craving this connection that I'm talking about. So the first is completely free. It's a new Facebook group called Let's Decolonize Coaching. Um, This is for anyone who's, who's a coach, a leader, Um, yoga teacher, space holder, therapist, anyone in the world of personal development who wants to unlearn the colonial lens and learn, relearn through a decolonized lens and do it in community. Um, There is resource sharing. There is just connections. You can always post what's on your mind. You can ask questions. You can, um, I'll be in there monthly with video trainings and you can interact with me in there. And this is just something I created out of seriously the tr- like the most sincere desire to serve you, to give back, whether you ever pay me a cent or not, because this community has already paid me so much. You pay me, you're paying me right now with your time from listening to this episode. You pay me with your email by being in my email community and being, you know, caring about this work. Like that means the world to me. And so it, it means the world to me to be able to serve you in some capacity um, in a way that's accessible for everyone. It's completely free. So it's called Let's Decolonize Coaching. We just opened it, um, and I'll put the link for that in the show notes here. Number two, if you want to combine community with um, guided, tangible, step-by-step lessons and trainings on how to make your business more diverse and inclusive, you can join us in the Decolonized Coach community, formerly known as the Decolonized Coach course. It's now officially morphing into a community because I just fell in love with, um, like, yes, the modules are there and they're incredible. There's six deep dive modules on from everything from mindset to words to actions that you can implement to make your business more diverse, more inclusive. Um, But then we had these bonus live calls and I was like, this needs to be a regular thing right after the first one, I'm like, yep, forever and ever like this for the lifetime of this program, I'm going to be doing community calls twice a month and then pop up bonus guest speakers too. And the more people that join this community, the more funding and resources we have to bring in guest speakers who will all be people um, either of the global majority or other marginalized communities who come in to give us their expertise on being more inclusive. So I'll put the link for that again, uh, that also in the notes. Just an FYI, the it's currently priced as the course. Like it's still the original pricing of when I launched it as a six-week course, but you're literally getting a lifetime community. And when I say lifetime, I mean the lifetime of the program. Um, but I will, I, I don't plan to retire it anytime soon. And if and when I do, I'll give you at least three months notice before like closing it down. So minimum, minimum, minimum three months of this community element, but likely much longer. 
Um, and you have until July 1st to purchase this at the original pricing when it was literally priced as a course, but built like a lifetime community. So it's incredible, um, an incredible steal right now. So that'll be linked up in the notes. And then the third one, the final one is uh, my BIPOC only space, Emboldened You. This is a four month long um, journey group container that is BIPOC global majority only. And we just wrapped up our first round. It was from February to May. And I'm gonna take the summer off from, um, from that container, but it's coming back in the fall. And so there is already a wait list and there is already a few folks on the wait list. So I'll link that in the notes as well if that interests you, if you want a space where you know it is completely safe to talk about race, to talk about colonialism, to unpack identity. Um, and all of our guest speakers that we bring in are all folks of the global majority. So it supports beautiful creators and makers um, who are already doing incredible work, bringing them in to support you. So you get things like astrology, numerology, Reiki, breath work, who knows what we'll have in this next round, but all things to support you holistically. And the focus of the, the program is healing from colonialism and really reclaiming your identity and your roots and then rising into your most emboldened self, emboldening your voice, your medicine, your gifts, and the incredible people who just went through the first round are just blowing me away with, with the things that they're saying about it. So I'll share that. Um, I'll get that up on the, maybe on the page for this soon, but it's just been such an amazing experience. The most fulfilling work I've ever done. I genuinely love running this program and can't wait to do it again in September. So in the meantime, um, get in that free community, check out the Decolonized Coach community as well. There is BIPOC scholarships and there are financial equity scholarships every single month. So don't be shy to email me about those. Um, and we also have payment plans. So there's really no excuses not to join and everybody is welcome to join us. So I hope to see you in at least one of these community spaces and get to know you more on a personal level and have you in our amazing communities. Thank you for also being part of the Soul's Way community, the listeners here. Um, I appreciate you so much. Please share um, this episode if anything resonated and I'll be back soon with more. Bye. Thank you again so, so much for listening. If you would like to thank me in return, if you got any value, insights, new perspectives, or you just appreciated this episode or enjoyed this episode, the best way to thank a podcaster is to share with others. Spread the love, spread the magic, take a screenshot of the episode, share it on your Instagram or TikTok stories, and tag me at Emily Ann Brandt so I can personally thank you for tuning in and stay connected. This is truly a community that we are building here, and I love staying in connection with you. I look forward to talking to you again soon, and I'm sending you so much love and gratitude.